Hello and welcome to uh, hold this on, edition. Hold on, hold on, Sean, not yet. They're not gonna get that. Oh, 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 oh. There we go. All oh, right. I, I lost which scene I was in. <laughs> We're good, Sean. We're live. We're live. All right. Hello, guys. Uh, if you are, if you are um, listening to this as a standalone thing, I guess it's kind of weird. Uh, we actually just finished interviewing Al Ewing. Uh, and so th- we decided we would just do a separate episode for all the news and stuff because our conversation with Al Ewing was uh, epic. We got to so many different things. We got to uh, Venom. We got to X-Men Red. We got to we only find them when they're dead. We even got to some of his thoughts about uh, the the Marvel movies and stuff. So a really cool conversation there. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, and you're a fan of Al's, I think you you should go check that out. It's, I think, a really good interview. Um, but there is so, so much show to do uh, because it's a massive DC week. Like, I, I, yeah. yeah. As the week was progressing, we are like, do we have to do two shows? Like, is, is there enough news? And then, like, every day it's like, uh, f- all right, yep, there's, there's too much news now. Right. Yeah. Like we have a totally full show and we also have an interview with, you know, one of the one of the writers of our time. So um lots to do. Uh should I should I do the plugs again? I think I have might to. This well. is this yeah, is a standalone well. episode. Yeah. 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 Um <laughs> All right. So of course, as you guys know, we are the comics pals all over social media. Uh, that includes Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those fun places that you guys like to uh, socialize. We're there, too. Come hang out with us on those platforms. Uh, get us live on Twitch and YouTube at Twitch or YouTube.com slash The Comics Pals, uh, where you can watch us every single Saturday at 10.15 a.m. Eastern for this show, 6 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays for Pals Pulls, which is where we review comics. Um, Make sure that you're leaving us a like, a subscription uh, on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter, or Twitch, rather. Twitter, too. But Twitch, leave us a subscription if you uh, feel so inclined. You can use your Amazon Prime sub over there. Uh, Also... Patreon. It's weird. I'm doing this again. Um, and I, I'm like, wow, I said this already. Uh, what, what do I need to cover? Um, as little as $3 a month, you can support your pals and get some really cool exclusive content like our newsletter that drops every single week, uh, our Patreon exclusive show, Palling Around. And you get a superhero or a supervillain nickname and a shout out on this very show. Thank you to Thunderstruck Rebecca Alejandro, The Night Stalker, Harris Najinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Random Rocio, Kefis the Incorruptible, The Great Destroyer, Hyper Viper 89, Momentum Mike Elliott, Starcross Catherine Stars, and The Ultimate Fighter Snake of Talons. Thank you guys so, so much. Uh, our next book club is Harrow County, as voted by the patrons, and it will be out uh, November 1st. So tomorrow if you're re- if you're listening to this the oh, day yeah, it released time is weird now especially yeah. after talking to Al Ewing you know that he has <laughs> all his levels and stuff there yeah did you guys uh did you guys any of you get to read we only find them when they're dead I have yeah nope it's good it's good stuff I fell off holy shit like 
if you like Al Ewing, fine, it's fine. But Simone de Ma- de de, de, Milo? de de Mayo de Mayo Simone de Mayo, uh, crazy stuff. It's is, like crazy sci-fi. Is, is it worth coming back onto? Because I fell off around like issue five, I think. Why oh, fell off too soon? Yeah. yeah. It, it, issue, like I said, issue nine had my jaw on the ground. I was like, I I can't believe that. I okay can't believe then? it. Huh? Did you pick it? Did you pick it back up? You okay? You don't have any like tense jaw issues? Uh, <laughs> I have those, but that's for another reason. Um, hey yo. <laughs> That's so sussy. <laughs> wow. Um yeah, yeah. Uh just just a really just a really great book that I I think you would I think you would get a lot out of, Marco. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um Shenron, thank you. Appreciate the compliment, dude. Um yeah, talking venom was cool. Because uh, I quite frankly, I, I re- like I love Rom's parts too. Uh I think Right this minute, Al's Al's parts are speaking to me more. What's so funny? Uh, the medic in the <laughs> chat said, uh, "Sean being a sussy baka." <laughs> God, I mean, that's kill. the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Unreal. Um, I, I'm I'm just really loving the book. It's a great book. So it's cool to talk to to talk to Al about it. Um. But yeah, so go go check that out. Go go give that a listen at some point. And uh, if you really like some good sci-fi, go by. We only find them when they're dead. Mm. Good good shit. Um, but we have a whole bunch of news to get to. So we're actually just gonna we're just roll on into that. And it starts with a trailer that dropped this week. The Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer came out this week and guys pals i am so excited for this movie how good was that trailer come on the good ass trailer yeah, come on fun. kale let's go kale you're good an elton john guy Listen, too, right oh an elton john guy i am an elton yeah. john guy yeah they had elton john in the trailer it's very well well made yes uh, yes goodbye yellow big road Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, it did. Damn, maybe I'm more hyped for this movie. <laughs> Damn. I mean, this is just MCU's Wizard of Oz. It, that's what it feels like. Um, you know, the 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 these these are our POV characters being sent to this mythical land. While these strangers, mm. there's this guy behind the curtain that kind of runs things. How do they get back home? Um, I, I'm into it. I'm into it. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's got to go collect his friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Rudd, just in general, on being in a movie, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Ruben Rapasi, the 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 TikTok guy who was in a I think you should leave or something like that. Uh, having a little cameo in the trailer. That's that you guys. All right, never mind. Yeah, thank you. Um, this, yeah, Catherine, it looks amazing. Yeah. I uh, I've been down on the MCU. You guys know that. But this trailer brought me right back. And before anyone says it, because I already know, it's not because it's picking up the threads of the wider MCU story. That's not what it is. Mm. It is the fact that this looks like a story that 
is going somewhere. Like it, like it, it feels like there's something because we've seen two prior Ant-Man movies. I think the way it builds off of that makes me feel so invested. Whereas, you know, with Shang-Chi, there's all that like um, first appearance legwork that I don't really care for. Mm, uh, they get to dive into some interesting stuff. The stuff with uh, Janet Van Dyne and how like if finally we get to see what her time in the quantum world was like the quantum realm rather was like and what happened to her there that's exciting the fact that it ties into kang is wild um this trailer proved theories correct that people had about the fact that the quantum realm uh is controlled by kang to some degree and likely is where the tva is or that and it's an access point to the yeah. tva we even get when we see like that big city uh the score changes a bit in the trailer to like be a little bit of that loki score so i was like all right there's something yeah. going on yeah mm. I, I wonder with like the inclusion of um they've been bringing it up but like nexus is like a, like a, a big word that they've been throwing around i wonder if this is one of those like nexus points we just got man thing to sort of be uh i guess spoilers if you haven't seen the halloween special but uh thanks <laughs> that's, Thanks times two. That's the uh uh I think it's an interesting way to start to maybe use that concept moving forward. And if it's in the quantum realm and the TVA and like all of these places, it's a it'd be a cool way to introduce that. Yeah, we we already know the quantum realm kind of exists outside of time and it's a way of traversing time and traversing multiverses, you know, we got that in endgame. Right. Yeah. Um, America Chavez now. Yeah, yeah. So it it is it has a a focal point in it. Um, I think it's crazy that Ant Man has the distinct possibility of being the most consistent property in the in the MCU in terms of the solo movies. Really, mm. like those yeah. first two solid ass movies. Mm. Um, whereas if you if you show me I don't know like the cat movies or you show me the uh, maybe cat movies is is consistent, uh, but like Iron Man or Thor not as consistent. So yeah. Uh, if you yeah. had told me this uh, back when um, Edgar Wright's Ant-Man was still in production, I would have called you a fucking liar. But um, yeah, I also wasn't the biggest fan uh, of the previous two Ant-Man movies. Like, I, I think the first one's all right, but the second one I didn't really love. Yeah. Um, this one, I th and, and maybe part of it is the fact that it's Kang. Uh, and knowing that he's not like they're not going to beat Kang. Right, that's not the point of Kang's involvement in this movie. That is interesting to me because it it seems like it's putting Ant Man in a situation where beating a villain is not the problem, and all Marvel movies sort of devolve ultimately into beat the villain. It, solo movies more so, and I like the idea of. Paul Rudd being put, or Paul Rudd. Um, I mean, uh, at this point. <laughs> I like the idea of him being put in a situation that he can't just beat. They have to escape the quantum realm. And if he doesn't help <clears throat> Kang with whatever it is that Kang needs him for, he might die. And not just him, his whole family. You know, um, he just got his daughter back. This is a huge deal. Um, I, I, I can't wait to see how they resolve all these different plot threads. This movie is exciting. 
do you, do you think Kang? So Kang doesn't really look like the big bad of the movie as much as more of a a, a character that might be driving the plot forward. He's uh, mo- it's it Modok. Like, yeah, it feels like Kang is the one that's it's mo- oh yeah, Modok. That's yeah, right. yeah, because yeah. it's it's uh it's the guy from the first film, right? That, so that's, that's that is the prevailing yeah. rumor, and I think that makes a lot of sense as to why they haven't shown anything because it's pro- it's probably because we would know that it's Corey Stoll. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, um, right. But I think it's going to be like Kang sends him on a heist. Like, I think we keep the heist part of, of Scott Lang in this, too, which which I kind of want. Um, mm. It's just a, a so super sci-fi heist this time. could be fun. Hmm. It, see, I'm kind of – I'm with that idea, but I'm thinking that whatever it is that Kang needs, I'm thinking that Janet took it or has it or something like huh. that. Oh, I see. Because the implication from the trailer, she says, like, there's something I never told you. And then they show a ship uh, sort of crash landing in the quantum realm and her watching over that as she's gardening or whatever. Uh, That gives me the impression that Kang got stuck in the quantum realm. Yes. And she's the reason why he can't leave because of something that she did. Related to that ship, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I also just buy like the vibe and the look of Kang. <clears throat> you know, he's got that traditional villain scar or whatever. I bet we see like a a betrayal or a turn. Uh, I don't know how yeah. I got these scar situation. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, there's a moment where uh, what's um, what's his daughter's name? Uh, Cassie. Cassie. Ca- Cassie. Cassie. Yeah, yeah. Where Cassie says. You know, we built this. And she shows them that blue orb that sucks them into the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's we? Oh, I figured it'd be the yeah, I thought it the, was the grandpa Hank. or whatever. Yeah. She's showing it to them for the first time. I thought About she was showing it. like uh, Janet and, and, and Scott. It was yeah. like, oh, this is I've been working with, you know, my uh, uh, adopted grandpa in a way uh, on this stuff. Because she's like a tech tech whiz now. Um, I will say, I, uh, nice to yeah. see more Cassie. I'm excited for that, that young Avengers I keep hyping up. Who who is she gonna ultimately be, or who just does the? She has not too big. It's stature is probably the more prominent one, but the one that it looks like they're doing is Stinger in this. Stinger was her is her more recent iteration, where she has like she has her own Ant Man suit and it's got you know a purple motif to it, like the movie has. Oh, okay, um, uh, Captain America. Is. What? What? I'm just answering Marco's question. Oh, oh, Captain America. Oh, gotcha, so gotcha. Captain America. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh. I can see it. Uh, well, I was thinking, like, what if she has a friend who was also a technological genius that uh, just so happens to be named uh, Nathaniel, and maybe oh. he has an alter ego down the line that's called Iron Lad. And maybe Iron Lad becomes Kang in the modern era, just like oh, in the books. Oh, so that he can help himself get out. Yes, because ob- shit. it's obvious just off the trailer that that was a trap. Sure, right, 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 yeah. And so I'm thinking that inadvertently this young, you know, would-be Kang, Iron Lad, helped suck them in, helped create the device that sucks them in to the quantum realm that then allows Kang to get out of the quantum realm. 
Hmm. Well, John, I hear big brainy this shit. Mm-hmm. Stop uh, there, there was a new. Mm. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, hold on. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So, um, funnily enough, there was a new casting announced for Ant Man and the Wasp this week. Yes. Yes, there was. Yep. Yeah. It was uh, William Jackson Harper, who I loved. In oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're not. They're not saying who he is. And I feel like this is one of those actors where like he's more he's he's recognizable enough where like it's it's got to be a decently big role, and people yeah. are uh, people are saying he should be Reed. Do you uh, is this where you introduce them into the? I can. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. It right? would it would lean into that uh, that theory of why the Fantastic Four has been away. Right. You know, if they've been lost in the quantum realm or whatever, or beyond the quantum realm. Yeah. I wonder if they were like fighting with Kang or something in one of the future timelines and now they're both stuck. And maybe that's the thing that they're trying to get from Kang. If if it's if it ends up being that heist, let's you know, go take it from these guys. From the Fantastic Four? Yeah. I actually think if if there's a if there's a heist involved, which I, I, it looks like, I bet you it's for Kang's time chair, because that's the one thing we don't see him have in this, and it's like that's such a Kangism that he needs is his time chair. Like what what if uh, like Modok? What could that Modok outfit? You know he's in a chair. Could that be what they need? Hmm. Um, we don't. I, I think it's it's an interesting situation. We don't know quite enough to answer a lot of yeah. these uh, questions, which is why the speculation is so fun and juicy. Yeah. Um, and that's again, that's why this movie is so damn exciting because I feel like yeah. you know you could kind of pick apart what Thor: Love and Thunder was going to be. You know, like it was mm. pretty straightforward. Once they show, once we saw the trailer, it was like, okay, yeah. The movie is solved. Yeah, um, a bit of an adaptation this, in that sense. Yeah. R- yeah. This movie's not solved. You know, we don't know what they're pulling from. We don't exactly know who all the major characters are. We haven't seen the the, the true villain uh, because Kang is going to be an uneasy ally who uh, 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 Lang needs to get out of the. Um, and that's it. That's it. That's all we really, really know. What do you guys think of Kang? Like, how, how do you think he looks in this? I, I dug it, man. I like him. I like him a lot. I, I can't believe on the blue face front, no one ever said, "Oh, it's probably a hologram." And the thing is a helmet. Right? That's how he breathes. Yeah, or yeah that was so good. Everyone's I saw like, that and no, I went, "It's a sock." Yeah. I saw that and I went, "You fucking idiot!" Of course. <laughs> <laughs> it looks Word so good. right. Why Even was that? Face, why? Yeah, like the face. Like bits I've the had comics. that idea yeah. for a character. Like, yeah, it's it's good, and it and it, it is so true to Kang too. Where like I think we're in the MCU now, where like they can kind of lean into the comic booky aspect of the costumes, mm-hmm. um, because they really built up that world as being very comic booky. You know, like you look at like original Cap's costume. Um, yeah. Or or like Iron Man, it can be somewhat realistic, but even Thor's, they kind of like tried to sleep you know streamline it a bit no it's like no this is full-on green purple and blue kang like they're going for I it mean, I, I mean once we got real spider-man you sure. know I, I, and not even like post no way home spider-man but like civil war spider-man you yeah. know a spider-man whose costume 
looks like it does, you know, like Emotes. it's supposed to. Yeah. That that gate was blown open. This is an aside, but for me, that gets me excited for no two things more than Galactus. Because for me, that what they did in Fantastic Four 2 was an abomination and should never be uh, shown again. I think that there is no reason to change Galactus's appearance at all. And yeah. I, I think the Marvel will do with it. They will do that. They will not change his appearance, yeah. whereas no other company would would do that. But the other thing that I'm excited to see, which somehow we've never gotten, check the Carfax, a true Sentinel. We got him in Days of Future oh. Past. So it was no, like... <laughs> no, no. We got I a fucking head. Like a, a master mold. We, we got a head in X... X three, as a as a middle finger to the fans. Wasn't that like <laughs> um, in the Danger Room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The move, yeah. And then and then those Days of Future Past proto Sentinels, which were fine. But I want real Sentinels that that terrorize mutants. You want big old purple boys? Yes. Right. Yes, indeed. Who doesn't? Uh, Who doesn't? We don't have we don't have too long to wait for Quantumania. It is coming out in February. Um, we'll probably get a, a, an additional trailer or two between uh, now and then. I'd almost prefer to not. I kind of wish this was all I was going to oh, yeah. see. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm out on trailers from this. Yeah, we probably won't cover them again unless unless we just have to. But we, um, we didn't talk about Bill Murray. He got, he's in this. You guys excited for yeah, Bill right. Murray? In the we MCU? didn't talk about Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like a Bill Murray guy per se, so for me that doesn't really matter. He's definitely um, in it. He is definitely in it. People <laughs> thought I thought he was playing Kang or Kang. Imagine um, playing yeah. Modok, <laughs> but he's not clearly. Yeah, no. So oh, oh, that would be awful. <laughs> hilarious uh all right so that is one of two mcu uh pieces of news that we have the other is exciting for fans of vision because it looks like we're going to be getting a vision disney plus series oh yeah uh Ooh. this is uh this is coming from deadline um it's gonna be likely titled vision quest which for, you know, big fans of Vision, that has, you know, meaning to you. Um, and it's going to follow White Vision, who is on a journey of self-discovery. That's that's what it looks like it's going to be. I don't think they call him White Vision. I think they're going to stray away from that. <laughs> I'm going to go with White Vision. Why has he got to be white? <laughs> Black Panther, White Vision, okay? <laughs> uh, this is going to be showrun... By, uh, I want to say, Jock Schaefer. Yes, Jock Schaefer, who is the writer and executive producer from WandaVision. Mm-hmm. So uh, keeping it in-house, I think that makes a lot of sense. This is exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. This is the follow-up I was hoping for. Yeah, same. Uh, I, I want to see how this progresses. I want to see where this vision can go now. It feels almost unshackled and... Uh, it's it's gonna be interesting to see uh, what 
like repercussions also have to affect him just based off of what was happening with uh, Wanda. Mm-hmm. I'm curious as to like what the supporting cast is going to look like for this. Cause like really it's uh, in terms of like who's important to vision. It's Wanda who is technically off the table right now. Um, it's Tony off the table. Um, Ultron. That's a possibility, but technically off the table. So like, I don't, I don't know, like maybe it's, maybe it's actually we're, we got this all wrong. It's just vision doing ayahuasca somewhere in a desert and that's the vision <laughs> quest he's on. But like uh, for an MCU thing, I don't know where, who they use for it. Do they get Hank Pym involved? Like maybe tie it more into what the comics, you know, wanted. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a weird one. Like vision's been, is very important character to the MCU, but his individual of relationships don't really exist anymore. That's a great point. Um, I think that this might be the way that they chart a new course for Vision and bring him to interact with new characters, maybe Mm -hmm. trying to figure out exactly what he is, going to some of the scientists that are reputable within the MCU. So that that opens the door to like Darcy, for example, who was in WandaVision. Um, Yeah. And certain characters like that. Maybe Jimmy Woo makes a, a reappearance. Uh, oh, I love that character. I think you can use the foundation of WandaVision to build that out and then maybe do a couple of surprises. You mentioned Ultron. I don't know where Marvel stands on that character, especially because I don't think they'd be able to get... Um, what's the... I think so. Game Spader. Thank you. Uh, I don't know that they'd be able to get Spader back. Um It'd be a shame if it'd be a shame if Ultron never came back. I don't know if this is the place, but mm. he's gonna need an antagonist. Vision yeah. will. So, I mean, it, it, I feel like it makes sense to just have him travel and explore and like f- to find himself in that way. Uh, and not an anthology, but you know, every every episode's a new location. Every episode's a new mini cast that he has to deal with and has to rework what uh, he needs to learn about just operating in this world i think that'd be neat just you know helping helping the the every man in that way so instead of like a monster week it's emotional week it's like all right he learns <laughs> uh he learns uh, affection here he learns anger and how to control it here yeah um, empathy on this side of it yeah I, i'd like if like you found out that the vision had like a side project on the side and we get like victor mantra showing up somewhere like that could be fun mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah it's like essentially like an adopted son in a way even though it's more of an Ultron thing but hey could swing it Um, Mm. because like in the comics Vision has a huge ass family like literally he has you know uh, uh, what what, what is Vision's daughter's name Viv Viv Viv. yeah like maybe that can be a thing dude you just unlocked my mind because think about it the the reason why Tom King's vision ends up happening oh, is because vision is altered yes. and he's working differently. And now he decides he needs a family to fill the hole that exists in him because of whatever it was that happened before. You can get into that. Yeah, you can dude. absolutely get into that. He can try to almost like in a weird way replicate what he and Wanda had in WandaVision in Vision yep. Quest. Hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. And Victor Mancha's in that too. So. Yeah. You saying Victor Mancha unlocked my brain. 
Yeah, yeah, and and you could just have it be that run, uh, just that just that run of Tom True. King. He's he's there. They're trying to operate. Hmm. Damn, that'd be cool. That'd be real cool. And then it introduces Viv as like another young character you could use somewhere down the line because they're doing oh. that in pretty much every property has a new young character showing up. Tyler, that's my name. My brain crinkled. It, it crinkled. Oh, are you are you smooth brained? And normally it's not crinkled. <laughs> Crinkled again. Oh, okay. You added you a heard, wrinkle. You've heard about his Friday nights. Of course he's smooth brain <laughs> by now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, that's that's exciting. I, I love Vision. I think Vision is, is a very popular MCU character, despite the fact that he hasn't had any solo material. Um so this this is a good uh this is a good way to reintroduce that character. So looking forward to that. Uh, you know what else I'm looking forward to is more Two Face. Shifting over to the DC comic side of things, uh, obviously Rom V has been working on Detective Comics, and we now know that in uh, issue 168 or 1068 rather, 168 was uh, many decades ago now. Um, uh, in 1068, we're going to have a Two Face focused uh, issue. Nice, and that's cool. But what's cooler is that it will be drawn by two different artists. Now, I will tell you their names. Okay. Raphael Albuquerque. Okay. Kale. Uh-huh. And Ivan Reese. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well. And the premise, well, they are going to be drawing different halves of Two Face's story, each individually, and that will mirror each other. So the issue itself will be a mirror of itself, and the pages will be mirrors of each other drawn by the different artists. Damn, Jesus! And Unreal. Uh, Ivan, Re- Ivan Reese and Albuquerque are very different art styles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I originally re- read this. I'm like, oh, Rod Reese. That makes sense. That it's a similar kind of vein. I was like, no, no, no it's, it's Ivan Reese. It's much more classic Detective Comics. Hmm. Man, I couldn't cool. wait for issue 1069. Like the, the <laughs> six nine is like a good mirror to each other, you know? Oh, dude, that's so funny. Like, I'm not. It's not like a pervert a joke. It's like literally the, the six and the nine, the, like a Gemini. But there thing, could you know? be a little bit of pervert joke in there, and that's a okay. Little bit, a little bit. You, yeah. you don't have to shy away from that. We saw we all saw Batman forever. I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little shy about it. You don't have to. Not here. Uh, Thanks, coming guys. off the 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 interview that we had um, with him at New York Comic Con, like the fact that Rom is collaborating with these two creators to this capacity, I can only imagine what those conversations look like. Like how specific and how technical he had to like kind of dig into some shit. Uh, so that's real cool. That um, I haven't been hot on the book. But I've been trying to keep up with Rom's stuff. And so if that's the premise of this, I'm excited. Yeah. Like, I, I, one of the biggest things that I enjoyed from the issues of Detective Comics was the Two Face stuff. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing an, an issue dedicated to that. Yeah. Can't wait. This, this is going to be a lot of fun, I think. Uh, we'll be getting this in uh, January. It's also a uh, Colleen Duran uh, variant coming out for that too. So, ooh, she's good. Yeah. 
let's let's uh let's leave earth let's get let's get into space let's get into the sorry there okay elon (laughs) whoa is there still that car float in space still is that a thing let's buy twitter first jeez dude if i had the money to buy twitter i wouldn't buy twitter i'd buy a lot of other stuff (laughs) i'd I'd buy a lot of other smaller (laughs) less significant stuff when you have that type of money, though, you use it on dumb shit because you've ha- you have too much money that should not be all yours and should be given dispersed to the people. Uh, sorry, keep going. Right. Uh, so Green Lantern is scrapped at HBO Max. This is the Greg Berlanti uh, HBO Max series that was going to be a, a, a pseudo anthology that was going to follow Guy Gardner and Alan Scott. Uh, in their exploits in their respective uh, decades. That is gone. What is rising out of the ashes of that is a Green Lantern movie that uh, none other than uh, why am I blanking on his name? Greg Berlanti? (laughs) No, not Greg Berlanti. John Stewart. (laughs) Famous, Famous Green Lantern, Greg Berlanti. (laughs) <laughs> so john stewart is going to become the main character of oh hell yeah yeah i am not surprised by this in any way shape or form i think it's weird that this is not what they were initially doing hmm. in the effort to make hbo max a priority i think hbo and warner really screwed the pooch on a number of characters Batgirl got disrespected and so did Green Lantern. I don't mm. care which Green Lantern it is. How do you not have a Green Lantern movie? I don't think that I don't think that the initial one that they did with Ryan Reynolds screwed the pooch so badly that over 10 years on we can't have a Green Lantern movie whether it's Hal, whether it's John, who cares which one it is. Come on. Especially we're in we're in a completely different era right now like the dc films have moved on from that so yeah it's kind of weird because like who who batted an eye at deadpool like the 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 deadpool we got from x-men origins wolverine was god awful we all know that but that didn't kill the character not only did they bring the character back they brought it back with the same actor and it was yeah. a huge success. So to me, this is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. They'll bring Ryan Reynolds back. <laughs> They'll bring him back. But I I could stand for a redemption for that, frankly. I don't hate it. And I, I think frankly, it could it would show uh uh more of a maturity on the company's part as well. Listen, we grew uh, you know, Hal has grown from that. We've grown from that. Ryan Reynolds has grown from that. This isn't the same. Uh, Sean, I'm I'm reading this as not. It's not a film. It's just they're restructuring the TV series. Really? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. It, it's still a series with a unfortunately a reduced budget now uh, and a refocusing. Ugh. Oh, well, All right. Forget everything I said. Yeah. Oh, boo. Hope you aren't coming here for factual information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not today. Uh well that sucks. That's that's a lot less good. 
it's it funny. Like it's going to be a 120 million dollar budget for comparison. House of the Dragon had 200 million. So, wow. All right. Well, that's yeah. that's not that's not uh, that's not too terrible. Not, not um, change. But I, what I was going to say is that now the DCU has. I mean, he almost never really did like a ton of representation. And Jon Stewart being the the character to kind of like be the Green Lantern, at least for the time being, is a great way to fix that problem, especially because uh, I think a lot of people who are around our age, you know, they know the Green Lantern from the animated show. Yep. yep. And Jon Stewart is the Green Lantern there. So um that's you know that's that's like that's just a swap at that point right Uh, yeah that's the green lantern i grew up on any series that he's popped in on it's been the thing to pick up too uh he's gotten some good stories and uh i'm excited to see the character like brought to life because that's one where I don't have familiarity with any of the the other ones necessarily, like outside of some of the comics and um, Guy Gardner and uh, even Hal barely. I think the only thing I've, the only other thing I've read is um, what's the Darwin Cookbook? Darwin Cook uh, Frontier. New Frontier. Yes, yes, New Frontier. You know, like that's that's my familiarity with those characters at at, at most. Um, so to see this budget reduced, fine, but you know, I'll I'm hyped for that. Give me I that mean, shit. The diversity aspect of it is nice having, you know, John be the the Green Lantern now. But but we lost uh diversity in, in Alan Scott as like an openly queer character and diversity in the uh the angry Irish and Guy Gardner. So <laughs> um The Catholic guilt. Yeah. <laughs> no, we got that covered. We, we got yeah, Daredevil's got that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the budget scares me, though. Honestly, I know you say 120 million is is not it's not nothing, but yeah. like uh, this, if they're if they're doing Green Lantern with like a core, like like if Kilowog's gonna be in this, you know, if uh, 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 Bluebird Cobb is gonna be in this, you know, like this is a uh... Bluebird. Oh, thank thank you to my own games for teaching me Green Lantern characters, um, but uh, this is. Uh, uh, it screams like it's gonna be expensive. A lot of CG. His power yeah. set requires tons of VFX, mm-hmm. especially John Stewart too. Who he's an architect. You know, he makes elaborate shit. Uh, that's kind of his thing. Um, Hal just makes a fist. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, John makes a very elaborate Gatling gun. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I- cautious going into it. I wonder if you can use like considering he's going to be doing more, uh, more of like actual objects. I wonder if you can even do like some practical stuff where you just add like a green glowy fuzz over some things and just kind of make this, lean into some of the that, uh, that the, some uh, of that camp. Not rotoscope like they use in Death Becomes Her for like that vial. I don't think that's going to work, Marco. Why not? I mean, cool. Just to give it like a nice green aura. It might have worked thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah. I think you can get away with it. Uh, Dan Trudeau asks, will there even be an HBO Max by the time this comes out? I think, I think from a budget standpoint, what we're, what we're looking at is 
the cuts that uh, Zaslav promised. Yeah. Um, Zaslav being, of course, the head of Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, you know, even J.J. Abrams had a project and he asked for $200 million for that project. And that was not that did not go over well. Um, they're just not going to put as much money into HBO Max projects as they used to. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that has to be a bad thing. Um, I really don't. I think that when you know there's going to be a return on your investment with something like Game of Thrones, with something like House of the Dragon, um, you know, you do that. I also think, you know, if you're going to work within the constraints of the budget, you don't have to have a 13-episode series. You know, you can do six episodes and spread that budget around. The other thing too is like I, I feel like with like House of the Dragons doing very well both critically and you know the fan base like people seem to really like it. Um, good. But my fear is like it goes one of two ways. It's like oh we're making so much money from this from subscriptions do we then put that towards more money for it or is it oh this is what we can get away with at this budget. Let's keep things you know something similar. Uh, well uh, I I think. I think first of all, you could probably expect that House of the Dragon will have a larger budget in the future. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, and that—that's actually one of the things that kept me from watching it was that the trailer looked cheap to me. It didn't look as good as Game of Thrones. Um, but I think it. First of all, I think if if the Green Lantern pitch is really great, because right now we don't have a log line, we don't know what it's going to be about. I'm sure they obviously know a lot more than we do. The hierarchy of HBO Max has changed is what the... (laughs) If it looks great, I would imagine that there's a possibility for a greater budget. And as long as the story is high quality, I think we can expect something, you know, uh, that has a bit of longevity to it. Uh, Dan asked how that budget stacks up against a show like Superman and Lois. So I, I had a quick Google and it looks like Superman and Lois gets uh, seven million per forty-five minute episode. Oh wow! So, oh okay, so that seems significantly and, uh, more. It's it's quite a bit better than the other DC CW shows. Fair. How many episodes so far? I thought it's got like three seasons, four seasons, yeah. maybe. Wow. Okay. That's cable TV though, so their seasons are a little longer, right? Yeah, if you have that, I couldn't cover. tell you. Okay. Yeah. In any event, uh, this is definitely something I'll be watching for the the Green Lantern series, uh, and waiting patiently, impatiently for a movie. <laughs> well, someone who has waited patiently for their return is Henry Cavill, and. The man himself has returned to the role of Superman, as has been publicized nonstop all week. Uh, Henry Cavill made his comeback. You know, we didn't want to spoil it last week, but obviously, like at this point, I don't know how you couldn't know um, that this is the case. A coma. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Henry's back. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has talked about, you know, what a struggle it was to get Warner Brothers heads to sign off on this, to sign off on his return uh, in Black Adam and 
how ultimately the fans always win. That's what Johnson said. Um, and yeah, I take this as a win. I think this is good. Henry Cavill to me was never the problem with uh, with any of the Superman stuff that he was a part of, and he had a lot of really really uh, positive and exciting things to say about his return to Superman. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to read a couple of quotes. He said, "I think I've probably learned the most from Superman." I've been playing soups for so many years of my life and from an earlier age as well. When you play a character like Superman, it's responsibility in public as well as it is on camera. It's something which has taught me a lot about myself and about the world as well and about the power of important characters like Superman and what it means to a lot of people. Uh, He also said that um, he said it's been five years now uh, since he played it and quite rightly. Otherwise, I probably to wear the cape but i never gave up hope and it's amazing to be here now talking about it again there is such a bright future ahead for the character i'm so excited to tell a story with an enormously joyful superman that that was the thing that caught me um because i think the direction that they've taken superman in the films has been they've just played into like the the grittier aspects of it and i don't know that I feel like that doesn't mesh well with the character. And then I was uh, thinking when, when he said that, I was thinking of the Philip Kennedy Johnson issue of action comics that we read. I'm like, Oh, actually, yeah. If it's, if it's, if there's joy, if there's hope there and that level of optimism, that's the shit that I want to see because that was, I in, in immediately connects. You can immediately connect with that. You can empathize and uh, man, I'm, I'm down for superheroes to just do that now. I don't need this greediness. I don't need all the comedy bits. I something wholesome is probably wait, wait, wait. You want joyful with no comedy? I mean, I want something wholesome. You know, like I think I think that's something that we're we've hit. We we're at a point where we can get that. Or if like I want that wholesome, but we better not laugh. <laughs> we can no no like, want, like Marvel the quippy bits. MCU. Yeah, like, I don't want I don't want yeah sure. I don't want like Marvel bits and stuff like that. Yeah, I throw a joke in there, but you know more so than anything else, yeah. just give me a, a feel good story with this with this character. Margo will allow a joke to be thrown into Man of Steel three. Maybe the one. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I want a, I want a casting announcement for Bibbo Bigbowski. That's what I want. That's when I know like <laughs> oh they're going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would like to like I, I think one of the things about Superman that I, I think is especially in the movies is, is just not focused on enough is the supporting cast. It's always just Lois, really. Yeah. Like Jimmy, big, big part. Perry is a huge part. Ma and Pa Kent, huge parts that are kind of non existent in the current state of Superman in the movies. So that's where it kinda of, it kinda of worries me that they still have to play in the sandbox sandbox of what came before. It can't be a, a true retelling. Um, but the fact that he wants to do a very joyful Superman is is opt- it, it leads me to be a little more optimistic. Even, even the suit choice in in Black Adam spoiler um, is the Man of Steel one with the gold in the in the emblem. Um, and I think mm-hmm. I think the, the color grading on it even like helps bring that out a little more. I mean, we had the JSA have really colorful costumes, so like the idea that, that like even the color grading of the DC universe is going a little more. I don't know, comic booky. You know, like we just talked about fucking Kang being the most comic booky looking movie costume in a while. Um, I hope they do that with Superman, and I think that would be a good indication of where they're going thematically as well. 
Yeah, I think that Flash actually presents a unique opportunity for them if they want to take it to excuse changing certain things from the earlier regime of the DCU uh, to allow us to have a real Jimmy Olsen. Because technically Jimmy Olsen is in the DCU, he's just not at all the Jimmy that we know. Um, And that sucks. Um, Did he die in one of the... It was a deleted uh, scene, I think, right? Am I right about that, Sean? Like, yeah, it's in, like it's a, it, it's in Batman versus Superman. He's like a, a, a yeah. FBI agent or a CIA agent or something. That's like right. That. That's yeah. right. Um, which was goofy and and bad. Mm. Well, that's the whole movie. <laughs> I don't agree, but go ahead, Kill. Does I don't know how to frame this, but it's something that's been I've been sitting on a week. That's just I haven't stopped thinking about it and it links into the rocks publicity of black adam Mm -hmm. this bugs me and not not because i don't want henry cavill back i do i like henry cavill and i think you know uh i i think the dc eu will be better for having him but the way The Rock has been talking about this has made me bristle. Is it because it feels very much like, oh, he just got this information from focus groups and he's just regurgitating it? And it feels very like a, like media trained? Less I don't know. It, it, it feels – maybe it, it feels like he's hyping up his own – Oh. Uh, you know his own, his own um, involvement, his own importance in all this. It just like, you know, the way he makes it sound was like he went into a meeting and kicked in the door and body slammed or, or you know, fill in your wrestling move here. Uh, you know, David Zaslav and now Henry Cavill is Superman again. Can I can I jump in? Because I I actually Please. agree with I I agree with uh the spirit of what you're saying in the sense that I think that the, that the, the way the rock has talked about it and the fact that uh, Superman returned in black Adam feels like the rock has pimped Superman. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's so weird. Like if, if the rock didn't really talk too much <clears throat> about it and Superman just popped up, that would have been crazy. And it was hmm. crazy. It was cool. But because of all the conversation and because of the fact that it happened in Black Adam and it, it's forcing something together that just feels weird, it's like now Superman is hooked to Black Adam's wagon when it, it those characters have no connection at all. It's, it's just weird. And now Henry Cavill's doing the press tour and it's just like I'm tired of the actors talking about this stuff. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. You talk like, too much. You, like you never really, you don't really hear other superhero actors talk about. Like you hear them do interviews, but it's very like focused on. Hey, the movie's coming out. We're doing the press tour. This is what we're here to talk about. Whereas Henry's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm back, and I'm so excited to be Superman again, and it's gonna be great, and it's gonna be this, that, and the third without a script. Director, a movie, a scene, uh, nothing, nothing. 
He's it's, reflecting it's like, Superman's optimism, yeah. Sean. Are you? <clears throat> this is this is the meta game here. I'm with all that. It, it's like in a different context, I might be even more with it. But in the context of how much The Rock has talked, and the fact that he came back in The Rock's movie, just makes me feel bad. The Rock was even talking about Henry Cavill coming back at the red carpet premiere for Black Adam before yeah. the movie aired. Yeah. Like it was on Twitter and yeah. like, it's like, oh yeah, we're great to have Henry back. I'm like, yo dude, you're spoiling your much. own movie. Yeah. It's too so much. When the rock was a wrestler, he never would have done this. No, Vince McMahon behind him. Right. Yeah. He just wants you to know what the rock's cooking. <laughs> well, I'd like the rock out of the kitchen, frankly. <laughs> Something uh, something major is cooking at DC Films, DC uh, DC Studios, I should say, which is the new title. It's no longer the DCFU, which is what it's referred to as on this podcast. It's no longer even the DCEU, which is what they used to refer to it as. Now it is the DC Universe managed, run by DC Studios, which has... A new head. Two heads, actually. Better than one. Indeed. And those heads are none other than Peter Safran, who most people don't know, and someone who people do know, James Gunn. Whoa. Excuse me. I'm kind of hyped for half of this. The Safran part? Yeah, big business yeah. guy. Yeah, We got our answer. We got our answer. Last week we asked who controls the DCU. James Gunn does. Their he timing was the horrible. I clipped out the part about who, who leads the DCU and, and schedule it for the day they announced who leads the DCU. I'm like, my clip's old already. Shit. So we're going we're gonna to break down that whole announcement. Uh, we're going to talk about what this – most likely means for the DCU, uh, what this means for James Gunn's re- James Gunn's relationship with Marvel, uh, and all that fun stuff. Do you guys? Do you guys need a break? No, I'm ready to go right through it. I'm all right. I can stream. Yeah. Can Let's run. Here. Let's run it then. That's what I'm talking about. So, uh, as I said, James Gunn, Peter Safran, starting at DC Studios as the uh, co-chairman and chief executive office officers. So they're sharing both titles simultaneously. Um, James Gunn will be the creative head, the creative face of DC Studios, whereas Peter will be more of like the like the the business head, if you will, sure. like the business face. He goes for, for the budgets. <laughs> he tries to – no, no, the good guy because he's trying to defend the art. Well, listen – you know, let's 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 talk about Peter first because Peter is no slouch. This is a guy who has worked in house, worked for Warner, worked with Warner for many many years. This is a guy who's been a part of the Conjuring uh, universe from a an executive producer standpoint, which is the highest grossing horror franchise of all time. This is a guy, yeah, two billion dollars, so big money we're talking. He's been responsible for some huge wins at Warner. And I think when you have an executive who has that kind of talent paired with a creative 
who has the kind of talent that James Gunn has, you have a winning proposition. Kevin Feige is not even both. Kevin Feige is Peter Safran. Because Kevin Feige is not a creative. What Kevin Feige has is trust in creative people and trust in the creative process. But now at DC, they did one better because they got a person who can handle the executive part and knows the big picture, but they also got a creative who understands the universe, apparently. I don't Hmm. know if they could have won harder. I think you're right. I think the way that this breaks out makes a lot of sense because uh, i can only imagine kevin feige had to shield a lot of the creative aspects like people from a lot of like mandates and requirements and you have whatever level of committee early, earlier on i feel like and i think by having that separation saffron can focus on that that'll be his thing you know he, he fights for um the dollar amount on the marketing budget he he fights for oh yeah we need x amount for special effects and james gunn comes over and it's like look these are the things that i'm planning to do he puts the budget together for that stuff and um yeah i think that's a really smart decision from a a business standpoint and honestly from like a, a top uh, a top level down perspective usually um it feels like foresight and i wonder i wonder now when we when we talked about the DC Universe stuff a few uh, a few weeks ago, or actually like a few months ago at this point, when they were making their announcements, um, one of the things that I had mentioned was I, I want to feel secure in the in the business on on the business end on, on an announcement that will make me feel like they have some sort of long term plan set and in place, and this looks like one of those stepping stones. So for me this is a, a very good sign that they're learning from their mistakes and they're sticking to it. They said the 10 year, I don't remember if it was like a 10 or five year plan or if they even mentioned that necessarily, but it looks like they're going to have to, they're going to put something in place to structure it. And for me, well, a it's wild to me that, that the guy who made slither is now controlling the, the future of DC films. The guy who made Scooby doo. Well, I'm gonna bet, I was about to talk about that because oh. if we get our, if we get our Scooby Doo uh, Batman live action crossover that I've always wanted, whoa, it seems possible now. Give give Holy me like an H- HBO Max special, you know. If normally stuff like that is not my my thing, like the idea of like the live action, I love those old oh, uh, dude Scooby Doo episodes with They're Batman, great. and uh, I, I don't want to say this. I don't remember. I uh, Adam West passed, right? He did. Yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. so if Adam West was still alive and we could get Adam West live action team up with Scooby Doo or even voice action team up, that would be phenomenal. Yeah. Goofy. yeah the, Gotta be and like Michael it's established Keaton property now. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Keaton needs some work. Yeah. I would mess with that. Okay. It's an established property, both in, in animation and <laughs> comics. So like I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. I think there is a chance for it. Um but I'm a big James Gunn guy, so like the fact that he's leading this, like for 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 a minute there, it was like, oh, The Rock's making big plays, you know, like oh, that's right. do I want the guy who seems like he wanted a comic book role just to have a comic book role, or do I want a guy who legitimately loves comic books? I'm I'm picking I'm picking right. James Gunn, and, yeah. and the stuff yeah. James Gunn has done for the DC universe so far, Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad are shining moments in the DC 
DC, uh, formerly known as DCFU. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty satisfied with this announcement. I think it's a very good play. Yeah, and it the deal, so they start November 1st uh, of this year, and then the deal is a four-year deal. So David Zaslav said they wanted it, and this was months ago when he took over, he said they wanted a 10-year strategy for the DC films. Now we have um, people in power for four years. I kind of wish they were signed for longer. Yeah, the math don't work. The math don't work, but we can always extend the contract if things were, are right. working out. The reason why I don't like the length is because it doesn't show confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The length, I don't even want to know the length. I have no clue how long Kevin Feige's Marvel contract is. That's irrelevant. You know, like there's too much behind the scenes at DC and Warner that gets out stuff that only people behind the scenes should care about. Like, I don't want to know the length of their contract, but we do. And so we'll play with that. Four years. Four years is certainly enough time to build out the idea of a 10-year timeline. However, as we all know, because of the way film works, four years is only enough time for us to see, what, one, two, maybe maybe three? At best, two. Yeah. Yeah. Of their of the movies that come out from their specific regime, because you got to think about this: yeah. we still have Flash, we still have Aquaman two. These movies are going to close off and be the last vestiges of the old regime. I think, like probably, like Blue Beetle is like the absolute last um, thing. So, one of those yeah, projects, surely. yeah. That's taking us into twenty twenty three. And then that's a whole year of their contract gone that we saw none of their projects. Hmm. We're not going to see the results of this. I don't think until like 2024, like anything at all, probably 2025, not a film, but like a something. Oh, oh, like, like, like the actual groundwork. Yeah. Like start to see. You know, or hear or or know what are the plans, what are the ideas, maybe know that produ- something's in production, stuff like that. Like we're a ways off from that. No, I can I can see that be like maybe next year, maybe towards the end of closer to the the fall, just like having yeah, a, a general Yeah, like having a timeline, having expect and setting the expectations for us as potential viewers. No, of course, but I'm talking about like something you can't you can't can they really get something in production next year? Hmm. That that, that for HBO not, Max, yeah. I think they can if they want to work but, but, on that side. Do they control that? Actually, it's DC Film Studio, right? Like it's DC Universe and it's DC okay. Studios. So DC Studios oversees not all. There is actually a weird caveat here that ties into what we talked about last week. I'm so glad we did that episode, uh, but. They oversee pretty much everything within the DC, you know, universe. That does not include Joker, Mm. which they're leaving to Todd Phillips. And that does not include, apparently, Matt Reeves. But it could include some amount of the villain spinoffs, should those actually 
manifest. Clayface. There we go. Mm. That is, it's such a weird uh, now because those two creatives, Todd and Matt, are reporting directly to the uh, presidents at Warner, not to James Gunn. So I don't really get that. I think I think those are already successful movies. And I think we talked about a little bit about that um, when we were first discussing the announcements. But I think leaving those two alone, considering after the set the sequel, Todd Phillips is probably done. I don't I don't foresee a Joker three unless uh, who, who knows? knows? Yeah, but assuming that doesn't happen and then assuming batman as a trilogy is the trilogy and we just could have wrapped that up before production starts on one of these other projects i th- i can see that as kind of like a, a timeline that makes sense and then be like hey this we're gonna let this stuff finish off because it's quality because we we believe in it and then from this point on this is the clean slate i think the 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 other thing could actually just be they're in charge of movies that take place within the DC universe, and those sure. don't. Sure. And if that's the if that's the rationale, I'm on board with that. That's perfectly fine. If you want to have your separate stories and let those creators be the drivers of that and have it have nothing to do with anything else, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but but if you're gonna have a universe, you have to have oversight. So in a way. I think they kind of found the perfect the perfect world. Whether they'll execute it that way is a different beast. Mm-hmm, sure. But what could you have better than that? Phenomenal. Mm. Uh the way this the way this came out was so funny to me. So to to give you a, an idea of how surprising this was but also how unprepared everybody was. On October 25th, at 4 p.m., comicbook.com put out an article titled, Guardians of the Galaxy Director Confirms Who His New Favorite MCU Character Is in Holiday Special. Obviously, that's referring to James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Okay? Two hours later, (laughs) on the same website, James Gunn and Peter Safran to lead DC movie and TV divisions. That's rough. That's rough. How is that rough? Because they sucked the air out of the room. Marvel that very same day showed the first look at the garden. And then hours, mere hours later, they sucked all the air out of the room kept the attention that's on James Gunn, but pivoted it towards DC. That's like a chess action. Yeah, you get the the initial announcement, people thinking about Marvel, and then something about James Gunn. It's like, oh, maybe some more Marvel news came out. Nope. Pure DC. it's, It's just the holiday special. Like, it's not that big of a play, I feel. Well, but but I think it's a play, though. And, sure. and like from a PR from a PR standpoint, you have to let 
um, you have to let the site know what you want to drop first or where you want things to drop within certain days. So somebody on mm. their marketing team, on their PR team was definitely like, hey, this comes out and then this comes out. Hmm. How, but hmm. how much of this business news will have been known? Like, yeah. like to get a, you know, to have a certain order about it. Yeah, you, you get it, you get it like a few days ahead of time. But how would they Before know when the Guardian, I mean, I guess James Gunn would know when the Guardian thing is coming out, so he would know that information. Well, um, the, you might also just like have an embargo and you can't post it yet. Right. I'm not talking about the, the film though i'm talking about like you know james gunn is the new head of dc or whatever like that the comic book.com isn't going to know that before if they, if they get a press like a, a press junket from somebody um or like an update from somebody who's reached out breaking news though um, Bevin? i think this was like breaking news when it happened though it's gonna be huge like I assumed, and I, I continue to assume that it was breaking news. I was yeah. just implying that, like, just that it's it's rough. It's just, it's just like, damn, we're trying to talk about this Guardians of the Galaxy piece, and then, you know, now the conversation's all about DC. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, it's hard for me to believe that that wasn't deliberate on DC's part, because what are the odds? That's yeah. That's pretty uh small you know it's not it's not like it was a monday you know it's not like yeah, oh yeah, the yeah. week just started quantum mania was coming out monday so maybe they knew like all right well we don't want to deal with kang in our in our in our, in our back seat so yeah but marvel also dropped ant-man on top of the henry cavill news too oh that's funny uh, okay sure yeah if, you, if you're, you're looking at it that way you know hey they're for re they're real good at uh, sucking the air out of the room. Marvel is. <laughs> DC finally got one. You know what? I'm not going to argue with that at all. Uh, so Kevin Feige, of course, did have something to say about this. He said, uh, when when asked about uh, James Gunn's new job, he's got a lot of work to do for Marvel between now and May, which he's well aware of. But after that, I'll be first in line to see anything he does. <laughs> That's all well and good, but I better get those pictures of Spider-Man on my desk. <laughs> can on I also Monday? <laughs> can I point out that Marvel created their own enemy to distinguish competition? So because Disney fired James Gunn <laughs> for those tweets that were deleted, apologized for, and then resurfaced. Uh, because of that, James Gunn was without a job and went to work for DC and now is running DC and is the direct competition. He's the head of the direct competition to Marvel. That's that's remarkable to me. We, we haven't quite seen anything like this happen in the films. We've seen it in comics for sure. Yeah, not in films, but uh, typical liberal self-sabotage is, is rampant everywhere else. <laughs> I love it. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I feel like now we're in an era of these films where this kind of thing can happen. Like, what if James Gunn, due to the strength of his relationship, I'm making this up, the strength of his relationship with the Russos is able to get them to come in and direct the Justice League movie? What a swerve mm -hmm. that would be. What a turn. 
It's like uh, Jack Kirby leaving Marvel for DC. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. It's cool shit. Uh, I mean, I'm. It's funny that he's like, yeah, you still got work to do in in between all that. Um, But I imagine now, you know, it's probably like a no compete in there. He's he's never he's never touching another Marvel property at this point. Uh, Well, at least for four years. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Within four years, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) What are the What are the orders of business? What, what, is that what are the orders voice? of business for James Gunn and Peter Safran? What are the things that they need to do? Obviously, they have to create a timeline. We know that. But like, I you were naming a new Harry Potter film. <laughs> <laughs> what are the orders of business? Tony Stark's new uh, uh, AI. <laughs> he didn't come up with a clever name for it this time. What What is it that they that they need to do, especially in this short time frame that they have? while they're being judged, uh, what do they have to do to write the ship? I think they're doing the fir- the first thing they need to do already, and that's Superman. I think you got to have focus on Superman and, and solidifying him as a character. That's, that's important. And uh, solidifying who he is in the greater scheme of the universe. And that's the other thing. Have let us know what our universe is. It is so up in the air right now, and it's so nebulous. You know, with Joker being its own thing, Batman being its own thing, Flash maybe redoing all of that, um, Aquaman sort of in the same thing, and Peacemakers. And, like, I don't really know where we are. And I think it's solidifying that. But for me, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. For me, that's Justice League. Hmm. I think I think they need to take a swing, write the write the Justice League ship. Again, we know, you know, and I've said this, I've all preached this one again. We know who these people are. Let's get them in a room. Let's plant the seeds for the universe and see what sticks. But I think that they still have to deal with the fallout from uh, Flash. That 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 has to be the, the first priority of businesses. All right, now that now that this is still happening, still in the universe... How do we contextualize it for the future that we want? Oh, um, <laughs> that can be that. Mar- Marco, when you said that Flash, they need to figure out Flash first. I thought you meant like Ezra. I'm like Ezra's still <laughs> Ezra's still a a, a rogue uh, option, you know, a variable here. You know, no, but but also if if you want to get the league though, then you actually do have to figure out what to do with Ezra at that point. And you can't have a league a Flashless league. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um and then and then you can pivot into the movies. I think they have to clean up loose ends before they can jump straight into this is how we're planning stuff out. And I imagine the first steps of that plan are okay, coming out of Flash coming a- and these timelines, like what do we what do we need to do here in order to make it coherent so that it sets us up for success? Yeah, uh, I think I think when it comes to the Flash, if, if I were in that position, my thought process would be okay. Thankfully, this is the next movie up or the last movie on the docket before our stuff, because we can do whatever we want. It's Flashpoint. Um, I agree with Kale one hundred percent. I think there's already a foundation. 
A, we all know who they are regardless, but B, a majority of them are actually in the uh, the DCU. So you don't even need to do the legwork you would need to do if you had a, if you literally had to start fresh. So what is the threat that has risen out of what happened in the Flash? What's the what's the cost? You know, what's the cosmic cost of whatever they do? And how does that introduce the Anti-Monitor or Darkseid or whoever bad that the Justice League have to deal with? That's it. Yep. That's it. Kick it off with a bang. Hmm. I love it. It's an exciting future. And I, th- I think it, it, it goes perfectly into, you know, it's a, it's, it could be a perfect uh, method brought in from the New 52. You know, that, sure. those, the seeds for all that were playing into Flashpoint. Great. The New 52s launched with uh, Justice League. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But you know what? This conversation is actually pointless because uh, we, <laughs> we already podcast. know. Well, well, we already know what James Gunn's priority list is. He put it out. Um, these are the top five changes that are coming under James Gunn. I mean, he just he put he put this out. I went and I looked, and these were the things that I thought were the most uh, the most interesting. So. Uh, we learned that his brother, Sean Gunn, will become the Stan Lee of the DCU, appearing in every DC film in a cameo role. That's uh, funny. Man, crazy, right? Killed so, off in volume three, yet. I bet. <laughs> he's already doing that. Yeah. that's. I can't wait for that. To be fair, he did that in all of James Gunn's movies. So now that James Gunn has yeah. control over a wider universe, of course, he's going to use some nepotism to get Sean into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Nepotism is awesome. Um, paycheck, man. He did announce something pretty disappointing uh, for for some people. Uh, we're not going to be getting the air cut of Suicide Squad. Boom. Oh, no. Yeah. He did announce instead that we will be getting the gun cut of Suicide Squad. Oh. All right. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So look forward to the gun cut. Um, Sorry. Is that what you use a bayonet for that one? What's that? It's the the, pointy tip of the the dagger at the end of a a musket. It's a gun cut. (laughs) Cut this bit out. (laughs) I'm leaving that one in. We're live. Uh, (laughs) Well, all right. If, If maybe a disappointment to some, maybe this will bring you back. Uh, there will be a Red Lantern film starring Dex Star. Oh, cat! Yeah, here we go. Let's go. Mm. Yes, cat. a Super Pets universe. Cat blood all over the big screen. Let's do it. Yes. Uh, there was uh, there were two more. One of them uh is Superman related. So fans of Superman. Uh, there will be a rated R line of DC films. The first of which is going to be a Superman movie. It's called Superman uh, Unchained. No. And it's going to see Superman, you know, going back to his roots, his early uh, early Man of Steel roots. And he might even catch a body. Who knows? <laughs> um, and the last thing that we learned is that James Gunn will be stepping into the director's chair uh, in this era of films uh, to direct the 
inevitable. Of course, you guys know this had to happen. Uh, the DCU versus MCU film. Yeah. This is this is typically real, real, definitely not facetious uh, list by James Gunn. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's it's wild that it took us that long to get to the tell. Like everything else up to that point, really, I was like, okay. I, you want to know? I was suspicious yeah, at the air cut. I don't see anyone actually, uh, yeah. actually touching that. You know, <laughs> the gun cut. Okay. You want to know what's so wild about that too? Is that I made all of that up? Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, wild, Sean. Wait, made what up? <laughs> How dare you reference Scott Snyder Superman Run too? Come on. Oh, right. Yes. Yes, I did do that. Uh, well, you know, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was real. I saw it on Reddit. I don't know. We so we're we not do, getting. We do a little cut? trolling. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no, 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 Marco. no gun cut. What no about rated, the what about what the about cat the movie? Yeah, wait. What about yeah? Hold on. I thought what about the crossover? <laughs> no, I'm I'm you you attacked me with that deck star, Sean. That's not fair. That felt, that felt, that felt directed and, and, and purposeful. Two of my favorite things: Red Lanterns and Deck Star. You know what, Sean? I mean this lovingly. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, that's fair. Hey, a man can dream, dude. You never know. Maybe this was a, a wish list for me. I haven't dreamt in years. No. And God knows it's not a wish list for me. Why would I want a gun cut of Suicide Squad? <laughs> um, yeah. So that's it. That's the that's the big news. Not the crap I just made up, but the headline of it all, which is that DC has people in power now. There is a power structure at DC. The hierarchy at DC <laughs> literally changed. Good people. The in Rock power. told us. He did say it was coming. The most surprising thing, too, is that the hierarchy is led by two straight white men. <laughs> don't assume that about James Gunn. You don't know. And, and Peter, what's his name? Oh, fair, like, you fair. don't. I don't know yeah, much don't about know. Peter. That's true. Peter's he, he's English. Yeah, he could be he's, in all kinds of weird stuff. No, nobody English? Would know. What does that have to do with it? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, I don't even want to touch that. Um, the The fallout of this probably won't be visible for some time but as a fan of dc which you know obviously we all are i think the fact that we now know who's in charge allows me at least to feel a lot better about what i don't know. Mm -hmm. because before what i don't know was always like oh god what's gonna happen next you know it's been a little bit of a disaster now hopefully the next thing that comes out of dc announced conversation wise is positive and we can just get a positive ball rolling of, of good um you know yeah. momentum for their next project mm -hmm. yeah pretty excited let us know listeners what level is at about this do you think that they picked the right people to lead the dc universe and if not, who would you have chosen? Do you think like a like a Zack Snyder Dwayne Johnson combo was the answer? Um, maybe like a, you know, maybe like go back to like the the Jeff Johns Joss Whedon deal. Like where where you know what do you what did you want? Yeah, uh, pick pick your favorite tag team. You know, Martin Scorsese's always um, <laughs> ragging on uh, Marvel. Maybe it's because he's a DC fan. Maybe I could yeah. see. I, you know what? Uh, Archie I, Enjoyer, that guy. 
I think there's a world in which Martin Scorsese could do something good at DC. It obviously wouldn't be with like, you know, the Flash, but uh, Renee Montoya. If, yeah, if, why not? If the Ooh. multiverse is real, I don't think there is a universe where that actually happens. Like, <laughs> like, like there are. That is wild to me to think that would actually happen. Unless he ga- he gained a gambling addiction, needed money, you know, like if he had some of that dirt on him, it wouldn't be his idea. I don't. I agree. I just think that you know he could could sure. do something good if sure. like it would be good if he did it. A wildcat um, boxing movie. See that oh, I can't. He's, give me, a, per- give me he's a, a perfect guy for that. Mm-hmm. Give me a Safety Brothers wildcat boxing movie. That's what I want. Yeah. Oh, wow, you guys really lost me. Yeah, once you bring <laughs> up Wildcat, I lose my mojo a little oh, bit. You were, well, it's going to be part of the rated R series. <laughs> if you, if you guys, if you guys uh, uh, join our Patreon, you hear us talk about music. And I, I on the most recent episode of uh, uh, Palin' Around, I talked about my my love for Austin Powers. So Sean kind of triggered that, and that's a segue to the Patreon. There you go. Yes, perfect. Well done. Uh, Patreon.com slash the comics pals. You know, if you enjoyed our interview, if you enjoyed our conversation, our interview with Al Ewing, which you should go listen to if you haven't, if you enjoyed our conversation about DC here uh, and you want to support us, this is just the absolute best way to do it. Um, We appreciate every single subscription to YouTube. Uh, We appreciate all the likes and comments, the Twitch follows and all that, the comments, everything is amazing. Going over to Patreon, checking that out, spending as little as $3 a month. It is the absolute best way to help us out, to keep this train rolling. Uh, and, you know, in turn, we keep we keep guests coming on here. Uh, and we, we, we put this out every single week. So um, we appreciate everybody who chooses to do that. Uh, go ahead. And, uh, I mean, thanks to that, we were able to now stream on YouTube as well. You know, like it, it helps us in our production. Yeah. And so, you know, really appreciative of all of it. Let me say this. We're not lining our pockets with the Patreon and Twitch money that you guys have been so gracious as to uh, you know, share with us. We're putting it back into the business. We're putting it back into the production. So, you know, if you see Marco walking around with a Gucci belt, it didn't come from this. No, 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 not at all. No, no, no. But if you wanted <laughs> to line our pockets <laughs> and join the Patreon, maybe up your donation. We're doing a Blade community watch along with a Patreon uh, this Sunday at uh, what? Do we... Three, three. It's a yeah, three. three it's Nine PM British time. time. Yeah. Perfect. That's how time. I have to remember it. Oh, well, that's so, where you are. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. you do have to remember your <laughs> so, time zone. Yeah. So uh, make sure you. Come, uh, come, uh, come! Donate to that so we can afford Blade, but also so I can get a Gucci belt. Yeah. Spoken like a true writer, Kale. <laughs> Kale, Kale, you would never buy yourself a Gucci belt. You're going to buy. I, mean, I a... wouldn't even know where to get one. <laughs> well, I was gonna say you were gonna buy Blake over there a Gucci leash. I was Ooh. gonna say Blake. he deserves it. Come on, come on. yeah. Go Look at that. Way. See, doesn't he deserve a Gucci leash? The, one of the one of the one of the things with my writing career that Jess has always said is, uh, you need to be able to provide the life Blake deserves, <laughs> and it hurts. <laughs> That's a heavy burden. 
Heavy Typical burning. millennial too, treating your your pets like children because yep. actual children are too expensive. Out of the picture. Yep. <laughs> if you want to watch this show live, you can do that every single Saturday on Twitch and YouTube uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern. 10.15, excuse me, 10.15 a.m. Eastern. Yeah. Saturdays. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays for Pals Pulls. That's our show where we review comics. Thank you guys for all the support. We appreciate it. Join our Discord to come and chat with us even further. Um, we have a link to that in the description of everything we do. So go head on over to that. And uh, keep the conversation. Let's do the plugs. Kale, you're up. Thank you so much for tuning in to these two episodes of the Comics Pals. Woozy. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Toto in Toe. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. You can find my work at KaleWar.com. Common Rider Kuga, Volume 1, comes out uh, November 22nd. Woo! So please make sure and uh, go buy that for me. Nice. Marco? Oh, oh, oh. Oh. I forgot I was going to talk about this. Speaking of Common Rider, Common Rider Black Sun just came out on Amazon uh, yesterday. Common Rider Black Sun is a, a gritty retelling of the 90s Common Rider Black. Um, which if you if you know your Power Rangers and stuff, Max Rider is is the uh the one that that took from. Oh, cool! But this series, the best way the my elevator pitch here is Power Rangers meets H.R. Giger. Oh, and it has a dash, just a little peppering of Cowboy Bebop. Oh, this is Are on actual. Actual Video HR Giger, Kale, or are we talking about uh, Matt Gorley HR yeah. Giger? Um, inspired by real HR Giger. Fair, okay. Fair. The f- uh-huh. the first time you see Common Rider Black, he looks a quite a bit like the alien. Mm. That's cool. A xenomorph. Okay. A xenomorph. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's real good. Streaming on Amazon Video. On Amazon, look for okay. Black Sun. Yeah. Okay. Marco, uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Marco Enomoto. Come talk to me about oh One Piece, dude. Oh, it's so fucking good, and I've been enjoying my time with that. I'm also catching up on all of my backlogs for comics because I'm like two months behind. So that's dude, been I'm a slow behind. progress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, otherwise, hit me up. I'm play, uh, if you want to play Smash. You heard that first. If you guys want to smash Marco, let him know. Right here. Open yeah. DMs. Uh, Marco, uh, a little pointer that I learned. Um, if you start reading your, your backlog per series, it, it's easier, I found. Well, so they uh, the update recently allows you to like break out the series. So that's what I've been doing. I've yep. been doing it yep. because I just did I, it last week. I, I got yeah, caught up with Spider-Man. Yeah. I went chronologically, like alphabetically, like Amazing Spider-Man. I'm like, oh, I'm up to date now on Spider-Man. I feel like I'm actually getting somewhere again which is because nice. the app didn't break it out like that previously i don't think right i don't remember it was all like i just recent. thought of doing it this week and it helped me so yeah well oh kamisadi if you updated the app you did a good job for once for once um, <laughs> you could follow me at the tyler olson on instagram and twitter i will be in disneyland uh in california next week uh so i won't be on the show uh but uh eh, 
if you're if you're around uh let me know i'm gonna try and take some video of uh avengers campus for for this year podcast maybe uh mm. uh there's no she hulk walk around character so oh <laughs> a little a little bummed but it's probably for the best uh it's probably for the best uh, i don't need mm. to subject that uh poor worker to that um, i was gonna say whoa. do you think you can do you think you can get them to step on you as like a uh, Somebody asked uh, Captain Marvel something very inappropriate and was just grilling them with their phone in front of her face. Oh, she, there was like, oh, do you support gay rights to like Captain Marvel? And like the poor person working there. Oh. It's like, yeah. no, no, I won't. I won't treat those 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 great uh, uh, workers in any weird way. Uh, but it should be fun. I want to do that Spider-Man shit. I want to I want to go to the Hank Pym uh, restaurant and eat like a giant. There's a chicken sandwich where um, the chicken gets real big, but the buns are tiny. So it's just a really That's weird. A, that sounds thing. like a nightmare of a sandwich. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. And then they, have like a, they have sliders because that that makes the most sense. Uh, a, okay. a shrink restaurant. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, should be fun. As for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. I am counting down the days until I am playing God of War two, uh, and. I also recently got excited for Pokemon. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So are we all gonna do a stream for it? We should. Pokemon. Like a like individual streams or a collective stream. What Pokemon? Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Who wants dog? Scarlet and Violet, right? Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Fucking nerd. Yeah, we could play together on stream for that. Yeah, exactly. That like would be really fun. It's, yeah, it's yeah. four player co-op. Okay. Yeah, we could all play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we come up with our best bits on the show. Um <laughs> and I I I promised myself or I told myself if this went well today that I could buy Call of Duty. So I might do that. We'll see. Okay. Um treat yourself, girl. Sean, you know what's you know what the best part of that Call of Duty is? Huh. They brought back public lobbies again. Public uh chat lobbies. Yes, so. I can get called racial slurs in public now. <laughs> got it. You got to beat the speed run for that. With that, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. I guess. See you next week. <laughs>